Welcome to Simply Jesus Podcast. Look at your lives. Is your life on fire for the living God? Are you literally one of those who is speeding the return of Jesus Christ? I see the distractions of the world pooling on the church of the living God. I see us absolutely blind in so many ways to the fact that the world system has come in and tried to get us to buy something that is temporary rather than eternal. Luke chapter 3 beginning in verse 3. And He came into all the district around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make His paths straight. Every ravine will be filled and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight and the rough road smooth. And all flesh will see the salvation of God. And what was the response of the people to his message? Verse 7, So he began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers. He wasn't, uh, wasn't gentle. He said, You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits. Notice where he keeps pointing them. And you'll notice that in each of the instances when people came up to him, he pointed them to their lives. He said, look at your lifestyle. He said, therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. And we might not say Abraham, but is it possible for our love to grow cold in this day and in this hour? Is it possible for us to lean on past experience? Is it possible for us to lean even on the fact that we are saying, you know, I am a Christian. And yet, like John the Baptist pointed, he said, don't just lean on a title. Don't just lean on verbiage. Look at your lives. Look at your lives. Is your life on fire for the living God? Are you literally one of those who is speeding the return of Jesus Christ? As those who are living and being around you, when they see your life, do they see you like radically lit on fire for Jesus? Is everything that is coming out of your heart and your life an overflow of the intimacy that you are functioning in your personal walk with Him? It's very difficult. I heard a minister friend of mine the other week say to me, it's very difficult to overflow a cup that's only half full. That's true. Our lives ought to be so deeply immersed in the living Christ that He's literally spilling over us everywhere we go. And that's in our families first. And then from our families out to those around us that our lives are just literally overflowing with Him. May we not be like those that John the Baptist warned and said, don't just lean on the past. Look at your lives today. Verse 9, Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the the crowds were questioning him, saying, Then what shall we do? 
They were earnest. They wanted to know what we should do. And he would answer and say to them, the man who has two tunics, notice he points to their life again. The man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And he who has food is to do likewise. And some tax collectors also came to be baptized and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what you have been ordered to. Some soldiers were questioning him and saying, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages. And now, look, they're wondering who he is. Is he the Christ? Verse 15. Now, while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Oh, for more ministers of the gospel. Oh, for more servants of the cross who would be willing to acknowledge and admit that we're not even fit. Apart from the movement of the Spirit of God, we're not even fit to get down on our hands and knees and untie His sandals. We're not even fit to do the littlest act of service unless we are literally in deep communion with Him. Unless we're functioning and flowing in agreement with the will of the Father. Jesus modeled for us the life that He's calling us to. He said, I wouldn't even speak a word unless it's the words that my Father speaks. Because they were questioning Him about whether, you know, when, what's your relationship to the Father? And He's saying, don't you understand that the Father's in me and I'm in the Father? And that I don't even speak, I don't do one thing unless I see my Father doing it. And it is this life of deep dependency that God is calling us to. We see the church of our day being robbed of this. I see the distractions of the world pooling on the church of the living God in the nation of America. I see us absolutely blind in so many ways to the fact that the world system has come in and tried to get us to buy something that is temporary rather than eternal. We are literally being inundated with it day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Our televisions and the billboards and the internet and everything is just coming in at a faster and faster pace. And it, it's singing a song to us. And it's like a siren song trying to get us off the course that the living God would have us take. You see, He is coming back soon. And He is coming back for a bride that is pure and spotless. He is desiring us to make ready for the day of the Lord. And that making ready is not begin with our neighbor. It begins with our own hearts. It begins in our own lives. It is a time for us to take our focus off the errors that we may think we see in those around us and begin to allow the living God to deal with any error that's in us. And I speak this message to myself as much as for you. We must allow Him to begin to raise up a new love for Him in our hearts once again. We must allow Him to rekindle that passion that we had when we first came to Him. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you 
have experienced the depth of passion that you had when you first were there with Him. You were just an infant in Christ. You knew nothing. You knew nothing about the religious system. You knew nothing about things that would try to keep you from Him. All you knew was that He had died for you and that He was now your everything. And He was the reason why you were living. He was your focus and He was your all and all. And yet somehow along this path, like Paul Bunyan writes, somehow along this path, there have been distractions. There have been wounds. There have been those that have come up behind you and stabbed you in the back as you were trying to follow Christ. And each of those situations was an opportunity that the enemy was trying to get you to take your eyes off of the one who has died to purchase your salvation. But I believe the Spirit of the living God would encourage us tonight to refix our eyes on Him. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. It is He that we live for. There is no one and nothing else that we live for. We live for Him. It is only as we are in a place of overflow that we have anything to give to anyone else. Too often, some of us are weary and we're trying to pour out when we have not yet first allowed ourselves to be filled. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill us. He wants us to be filled with Him. He wants us to be consumed by Him. It is not His lack of desire that you're not filled. If you're not filled, there's several reasons that could be there. But every last one of them boils down to the fact that we've allowed something in our own hearts that has hindered Him. It is never His lack of desire. It is never His lack of ability. He always has the ability to fill us overflowing. There's never a second in time that the living God cannot fill us to overflowing. There's never any circumstance that we are justified to point to and say, well, for for this reason here, I'm not overflowing right now. For this situation right here is too difficult. You need to understand God. I can't be a bright shining light for you right now. I have this situation at home. I have this situation at work. I have this problem over here. I can't truly give myself wholeheartedly to you right now. He would say, my son, my daughter, I have come to give you life and life to the full. Would you come to me? Would you just come to me? He's not asking a super feat of you. He's not asking you or I to be Superman or Wonder Woman. <laughs> he really isn't. He, In fact, he said, the life I'm calling you to is humanly impossible. You couldn't live it even if you tried. All I'm asking you is to come to me. If you will come to me, I will impart to you my life. That was his desire from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1, 26-28, he speaks to us that it, he created us in his image. Do you know that you and I were created to multiply the image of God on the earth? That as people looked at you and me, that they were to be seeing the image of God? They were to be seeing the image of God. That's a high calling. My! Do you see why the Word calls us saints? The world was to be able to look at the born-again believer in Jesus Christ and say, this one's like God. This one's like God. He's not God. 
Still has some weaknesses, still has some flaws, but he's like him. There's elements to this one. That's not human. That's That person's not human. There's something so radically different about the way they live their lives. And where did Jesus point us as the most important, the, the clearest indication that we were truly His and that we were truly walking in His ways? It was love. Wasn't it love? Yes. It wasn't some of the things we've held up. Friends, it wasn't signs and wonders. It wasn't speaking in tongues. It wasn't even risking our lives for the gospel. It was love. Our love for God and our love for others. He said it all boils down to that. You know, I've been in ministry and... Ministry itself has driven me to places of frustration and anger in the flesh. (laughs) God, I'm doing this for you. It's happened in our home with my wife or children. I'm in the midst of ministry. You need to be quiet right now. I'm trying to focus on God. But love, 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 love. Our love for God and our love for others. I truly believe Jesus meant what He said, that it's by this that the world will know that we really are who we're saying that we are. And like in John's time, as He kept pointing them to their lifestyle, that even tonight here in 21st century America, that God would point us to our lifestyle and say, Are our lives truly measuring up? And if not, this is not a message of condemnation from the Lord. It's a message of hunger. I believe He's wanting to stir hunger in our hearts to lay hold of Him. He wants us to have a hunger for Him. He wants us to long for Him as we long for no other thing. That not only are we not running after the world, but that literally nothing other than Him is what we are hungering for. And everything else that we see that begins to come up and try to take the place of God in our heart, that we are very quick to allow Him to uproot and remove it. That we are allowing Him to expose it. One of the prayers He's been placing on my heart is, is that He would reveal to me anything that's competing in my heart for His affection. anything that would be a competition for him he spoke to me many years back that there's if there is anything I'm looking to for life outside of him it's an idol if I am looking to draw any form of hope life sustenance from anything other than Him. That thing, whatever it, even however good it might be, or look from the outside, it has become an idol in my heart. And you know, when, when it's become that, when you don't receive it, and somehow you feel a tremendous lack. Because He's full all the time. <laughs> There's never a moment He's not full and able to fill us. 
So if you're feeling a lack when something is withheld from you, know that there's, there's something that needs to be dealt with there. There's something that needs to be given over to Him. And as you give it over to Him, I've been amazed at how quickly He longs to restore us. It doesn't have to be a long process. It can be a very quick thing where we just acknowledge to Him, yes, Lord, this has become an idol in my life. I have turned to this person. I have turned to this uh, entertainment. I have turned to this uh, whatever it might be. I've turned to it for life apart from You. And for that, I am sorry. That's the original sin. You remember? Adam and Eve, they were turning to something other than to God for life. They were turning to something other than Him to get sustenance. And yet He has said, get your sustenance solely and only from Me. Yeah. Amen. 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 I'm grateful that <laughs> He loves us. And He has purposes for our lives that we, some of us, we can't even fathom. Uh, the fullness of what it is that He has for us. And it's really, he, I just believe, just tonight, He's wanting to rekindle a hunger in your heart. He wants your heart to long for Him. He desires that. You know, sometimes, and I can say that I've done this myself, sometimes we can treat Him like a little child treats broccoli. If they even put it in their mouth, they're only doing it because they were forced to. My my wife and I have four children, three boys, eight, seven, and five. And uh, there are times, <laughs> there are times that if you want to get them to eat something that they're not excited about, you have to kind of put some sort of incentives in there, uh, whether it's a, dis- a disciplinary incentive or uh, there are some really great looking cupcakes out here, but you won't be having any of them until you finish your broccoli. And, you know, The Lord sometimes, I believe, His heart is grieved over the fact that we can treat Him that way. Almost like He's a have to. Like we, well, I have to, I have to do this for God right now. I have to, I have to read the Bible some. uh, But it's a chore. It's something I have to do. You know, if, if anything in our walk with the Lord is a have to, there's something wrong. It should be like a check engine light on the dashboard. That's right. If it's it's a have to, something is wrong. We've lost sight of Him in some way. And it, it might seem subtle, but it's a significant losing sight. Because if we're not seeing that He's something to be desired, then chances are that our intimacy with Him has been lost in some way. And we're just going through the motions. And going through the motions in a marriage can be detrimental. But going through the motions with the living God can cost far more than we realize. Because there are eternal souls around us every day. There are souls that don't know our God. And they're hungering for a reality of something more than what they have seen and known. And if we were in a place where we were hungry for God, where we were desiring the things of the living God, and we were hungry and chasing Him, we'd be in a place that we could have something to impart to them. But if we allow our relationship with the Lord to grow into the mundane and the going through the motions, then we'll have nothing to give. And it costs 
Maybe to us it doesn't seem like it costs that much, but it might be costing somebody else an opportunity to hear of our Savior. So I'm going to come to a conclusion. There was a time that the Lord Jesus was speaking of the last call. And He gave us several illustrations. He gave us the ten virgins. He gave us uh, the wedding banquet. He gave us these visual pictures of this time when all of time and all of human history is going to come to a conclusion. And at that point, there will be, and you know, with the ten virgins, you see there was a 50% that were ready and prepared and 50% that were not. And the ones that were prepared, they couldn't get prepared in that moment. It wasn't like a microwave. (laughs) I think sometimes, and I'm using myself included in a lot of this, we can allow just the whole systems pulling so strong on us to go back into apathy that we can allow ourselves to slide into apathy and feel like, well, if it comes really quickly, then all I just need to do is jump up and push in a few buttons on the microwave. I'll be fine. And I believe that the Lord, only He can keep us in a place of desperation. But I believe that He wants to. And I believe that as, as we as a family here in this region, and as you are interacting with each other, if even one or two of you would take this up, and maybe you're already walking in this, and I'm just sharing things you're already doing. But if even one or two would really say, you know what, tonight I'm going to go, I'm going to let the Lord just really rekindle that fire. I don't, I mean, even if the fire is right here right now, and it used to be here, <laughs> you say, God, I want it back up there again. Uh, and if the fire is here, say, God, I need it. I need you to raise it up again. And I, I believe that the Lord would, would say, simply say to us, if you ask for it, I would do that for you. I'll bring you back to a place of a freshness in my walk, in your walk with me. And so I'm going to encourage us just to stand up. I do believe the Lord would have us respond to what He's sharing tonight. We ask for your mercy and your grace on us tonight. We ask that you would rekindle a fire in our hearts. We ask that you would accomplish your purposes in and through our lives. We ask that you would awaken us from slumber any way we have allowed our lives to live in any form of apathy. Lord, we ask that you would uproot and remove it from our lives and rekindle a first love relationship with you. We ask that you would rekindle a first love relationship with you. Purify us from the inside out. Purify us. Make us holy. Make us pure. Purify us, Lord. We ask that our hearts and our lives would be given over to you. That we would hold nothing back from you. Even in this moment, Lord, purify our minds. Even in this moment, Lord, purify our minds. Make our minds like your mind. Make our minds like your mind. Transform our mind into your mind. May our minds come into alignment, into agreement with you over the way that you desire for us to think, over the way that you desire for us to act, over the way that you desire for us to be. We ask that our minds would come into submission to your Holy Spirit. That every way in which our minds think contrary to you, that they, they would come into conformity to you now in the name of Jesus. 
and that you would resurrect a faith and a hope, an excitement, a passion in our walk with you, a holy expectation in our lives, that we would expect great things from you. We would not withhold even one thing from you, but we would expect great things as we abandon ourselves to you, as we abandon ourselves recklessly to you, as we let go of everything that was of us so that we might lay hold of you. Purify, Lord. Purify our hearts. Purify our desires. May our desires come into agreement with you. Every desire that is not in agreement with you, we give it over to you now and in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask that you would uproot it and remove it. And we ask that you would replace that desire with the desires that come from you. Replace that desire with the desires that come from you. That our hearts would be consumed with your heart. That our hearts would literally become as one with your heart. That our bodies would simply be an emptied vessel for you. That you would have the freedom to come in and live and to move. And to have your being inside of us. We give ourselves to you. You do live inside of us. You live inside of us. Even in this moment you are alive and at work within us. And so we give ourselves to you. We surrender ourselves to you. We abandon ourselves to you. Have your way, Lord. No holding back. No holding back. No strings attached. Everything for you, Lord. That you may receive the glory and the honor that you deserve. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Other Simply Jesus resources are available online at www.simplyjesusonline.com That's three words, simplyjesusonline.com